Hi, this is Jem from Frost. Hi, this is John from Frost. And you are listening to, and enjoying, we hope, Rockfile Radio. I'm Scott Hamilton, Rockfile Radio, and on the Zoom, I've got Jem Godfrey and John Mitchell of Frost. Good morning, or it's good afternoon to you guys. It is. It is. It's uh, just gone 4.30 here. Yeah. <laughs> is that Radio 4? Just gone 4.30. Yes, yeah. and, and now Sarah with the travel. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, you guys have been busy in the off time. I understand the album actually started recording uh, back in September of 2019. But we have a new Frost album coming May 14th. How exciting is this? It was. It certainly was. It was a very exciting thing to uh, be involved in. It's a very enjoyable experience. I, you know, um, uh, we, as I say, we decamped to Cornwall, which is in the West Country, um, in the in the, in the foot part of the United Kingdom, and uh, yeah, we spent a week there. Was it six days? And I think we we sort of got the bare bones of five tracks down in, in those six days, which was quite, um, you know. And it was just it was nice because I think you know traditionally if you write at home you get you have that the um the habit is that you get distracted by things right and, and so there was no distractions at, well apart from um oh, no 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 real distractions it's cornwall it was a nice setting to do the thing and and we kind of jerry-rigged a studio down there yeah it was really really good fun time and then the second time we went to dungeness which was a bit more uh it was quite um mad max <laughs> <laughs> It was, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a little spit of land in the south coast of England. And we were in a, um, Jem rented us, um, a, a Coast Guard's lookout tower, which is an unusual building to say the least. Wow. Quite a sort of, uh, brutalist building. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we, and then that, that, that was kind of storm. There was a lot of, uh, you know, severe, you know, intense weather. And, and it was like, there's a nuclear power station, like 200 meters to the right. And, uh, <laughs> and just the panoramic view of, of the English channel. And it was, it was quite remarkable. Lighthouse as well, just over there. Yeah. Great beams of light and the foghorn. It was just, it was just the strangest, brilliant, most weird alien places. But recording in that building that did that present unique recording challenges? Uh, well, yeah, it was the, the 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 energy from the power station uh, was <laughs> causing the energy was causing the uh, the audio to click. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and all sorts of spikes and clicks and pops on it. You know, it was, um, and you know, there was. Sort of, I remember one night we had um, we uh, we we invited Nathan over um, uh, to to get involved, and uh, then we we sort of did a, a Heath Robinson kind of a, a photo shoot, which didn't go remarkably well, and we just I remember sort of clattering around the beach and Nathan lost his phone and then we kind of went, oh okay Nathan I'm sorry about your phone and he, he kind of went home that evening and Gem and I were sort of back at the uh, at the um, at the coalface with the music and then there was a it got quite dark and there was an eerie and it was very windy outside I remember and there was a there was a knock on the door of you know and it's a big you've got to remember this is a big metal door you can hear it resonating through like Who's that? Oh, who's who's who? You know, it's like the monkey's paw or something. And you're going to open it. And then, <laughs> I don't know what we were thinking, but it was just a, it was a it was a little lady saying, "I found this phone. I presume it's yours." It was like three miles of beach. What right. Are the chances, you and know? they just and assumed already, it was yours. Yeah, and he'd already gone and bought a new one. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> but at least he could transfer everything over now. Not exactly. <laughs> three flights of metal stairs to get to where we were recording, where the studio was, at the top of this tower. <laughs> And John, we were upstairs and John went, did you hear something? Did you just hear a knock at the door? And I was like, nah, because nah, nah. it was blowing a gale as well. You get this. Right. You know, 
sure there was a knock at the door. So we, we, we both stopped and we just listened about 10 seconds. It was like, no, no, I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything. And John said, we're just going to have a quick look. So we went down the three flights of stairs, just sort of like quite gingerly, because obviously it's kind of, you know, like it's quite atmospheric, should we say. <laughs> and we get this big metal door. <laughs> we get this big metal door. <clears throat> and we're standing by the door going, with it, should we open it? No, no, I'm scared. I'm a bit scared to open it. So I put my ear right by the door. And at this point, this one went bang, bang, bang. <laughs> we literally jumped out of our skin. <laughs> and there was just this little woman. Is this your phone? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was kind of um, the album is sort of dripping with those those sorts of memories. Really, it was a very atmospheric. It was brilliant fun to make. Much much more fun than any of the other ones. Well, why yeah. is it called Day and Age? Why why the name? Well, it's kind of, it, I mean, if you hear the whole album in a contest, it will sort of make a sort of sense. It, it's, it's, it, but it, I think the title sort of speaks for itself. It's this day and age. <laughs> that leaves it mysterious. I like that. Well, that's yeah. it. You know, we like cloaked in intrigue. That's the way it should be. <laughs> Especially prog music. You don't want to, you don't want to spell it out for them, right? Oh, exactly right. Exactly right. It's, it's, it's kind of. Um, it, it's it's uh, I hate the sort of idea of it being sort of a grumpy old man's commentary on stuff, but it, it, it's not really that. It's just it's just more of a a set of songs that are slightly what's the word uh, reacting, I suppose, to our current state. Yeah. Now you had started working on this in September of 2019. How much stuff got reworked during the pandemic, or tweaked, or? Well, not surprisingly, not very much actually, because the weird thing is, it's it's that sort of event, awful as it is, is is kind of almost part of that whole observation anyway. So it was a bit right. like, well, it was it, it kind of. I mean, I don't mean this, but it was almost like, well, we weren't we weren't not we weren't. It wasn't it wasn't that we weren't that surprised, but it was just one of those things that we just sort of thought, well, this is kind of we're living in such an extraordinary time. Of course, this is going to happen. You know, it, I don't know. It's it hard to. <laughs> hard to describe it no it didn't it didn't put us off course at all if anything it was it was um it was kind of even more indicative really i think you know in this day, uh, day and age i was going oh, oh. to stop saying it. It just, let's it's work just, that in as much as we can good yeah, job no, the PR person, I'm, right? I'm on brand i'm on brand everybody <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, you know, uh, it, it, with internet speeds being what they are these days, it's very easy to, you know, to to, to file transfer and stuff. I mean, if we tried to do this in two thousand and three with fifty six k dial up internet. That might have been a bit more of a challenge and certainly more expensive. But you know, sending a, you know, doing a, a lot of the the vocals that we did, um, you know, we because the idea, the I think the idea was really once you get a vocal down on a track um then you can st you can start hanging stuff around it and you know right. it's 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 an important thing to you know i always find it very confusing when a lot of pro and i'm going to get myself in trouble well i'm going to get myself in trouble anyway go ahead but a lot of prog bands tend to glue cut it's like a i call it cut and shut music where you kind of this bit of music joins this bit of music and it's like you know, it's like uh, getting the, the the back end of a Ford Zodiac and gluing it onto an Austin Allegro, and it's kind of like, well, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It doesn't. Yeah, flow, and, and then right, nobody yeah. knows what the lyrics are or what the melody's doing because it's an afterthought. And for me, that's you know, and and, and you know, Jem, you know, coming from from the you know the writing background, that you know, it's the most important thing. It informs everything, and that's the most. And a lot of the vocals that we did, I mean, I'm you know, I'm 
I think I don't actually know, but there were certainly a lot of them. I, I wanted to redo some of them, and that was that was you know just just setting up a mic and and then sending it over. It, it, it's the work of moments, you know. And, right. And just I, tried but, but, I kept not doing it. <laughs> there's, an awful, <laughs> there's an awful lot of of the original vocals on on the whole album, and I kind of and actually a lot of the guitar playing and keyboard playing, and I really wanted it to be that because it's like John. John could have summed it up perfectly a while back, you know, it's like a postcard of your life at that point. And it's lovely to listen to those vocals. And I can, you know, sometimes think, oh, I actually can, I remember what you would, how you were, whether you were standing, looking out the window and I had this line up here, this set up here, and, you know, in Cornwall particularly. And I can listen back to the album and those sorts of things are really kind of warming for me because it's like a, it is like a, like a sort of musical diary. So I tried to keep it. This event. is it's kind of like you know when when people ask ask us you know um did you have any songs left over from 20, 2011 it's like well no because they're not relevant are they you know it's kind of like right. it's you know the the energy in the time in the space that you're in is 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 the thing that defines it and um like James said it's um yeah it, I mean you know I I'm um I do remember one thing actually. <laughs> the, I think the last song we did was "Repeat to Fade," and I just remember we said, "Right, you know, we want this to be really kind of claustrophobic and angry." And I just remember, "Right, okay, now you shout very loudly, lots of ranty things into a microphone." I just remember I, I kind of completely ruined my voice, and I couldn't speak for about two weeks after it. And that was the very—I think that was the very last thing we did. And actually, on the recording, you can hear my voice slowly deteriorating as the song goes on. And like, uh, and that's the last song on the album. That is the last song of the album, yeah. Yeah. I got to say, um, I, I talked to Jim right before we started recording. I, I got the files over the weekend. I sit down to listen to it. I'm going, man, it's been a few years. I don't know what Frost is going to be up to. And the first song is 11 minutes and 49 seconds. Um, <laughs> I, like, I so, like that you timed it. <laughs> yeah, typical Frost uh, right there. Um and, and something occurred to me at the end of the song, and this is a, a silly question for guys, but you're both heavily into production, not just yours, but with other people. What is the decision on why a song fades out versus a cold ending? Stupid question, but I'm listening to this 11 minute, 49 minute song and it, you start fading out. And I'm like, okay. Well, here's <laughs> my response to that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm just going to say the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> Everything in the eighties faded out. I don't Everything, know anything, but not nothing, live. They, nothing fades, songs nothing fades out, out anymore. I know, I know. If you just well, we actually Frost is very good at fading itself out live. We do that. We did this song, um, which was the song we did when we used to get very quiet and just, you know, just kind of other me, wasn't it? And we just like other me. Yeah, that's right. We did the other me. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We used to sort of we oh, we auto faded, um, and uh, yeah, and then we kind of leap back into action. It's this big grandiose statement, but uh, nice. Think I don't think we've ever done a fade, and I think that was another reason to do one. Really? Because I mean, yeah, I was thinking that I just I, I wasn't used to that. I mean, I know a lot of songs. When you write a song, some of them have a natural ending. There's a bottom boom, and you're there, and you're done. But not all songs do. So, like, you know, I was just asking a silly question: Do you run out of ideas, and we're just going to pull the <laughs> faders down? We've never done this before, and we're going to pull the faders down. You know, well, that song kind of. That that the, I sort of a, it felt like it was the right thing to do because the sort of the song feels like it shouldn't end. You know, it's like one of those. It's like a sort of. It's almost like I can hear it running underneath all the other songs. Right. 
thing, but it's it's sort of I don't know. In my head, it's still going. I imagine if I went back to the desk now and turned it up. Well, and that's the vibe I got. And then it kind of kind of fades out. And the next song comes in and I was fine. I mean, it's a it's a very nice transition, but I it just gave me a question. So, you know, as fades go, I give that 11 out of 10. <laughs> Gemma and I always talk about the if you're going back to the 80s fades, it's always like you, the, the, if you can hear it fading out. And right. The, yeah, it's obviously, before, you know, it's not all bands could afford automated mixing desks. And you can hear the fader go down and right at the last minute, push, yeah, it panics it. and just yanks the fader off. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, each one of you, favorite songs on the album, like when we get back to normal life, a song you might want to perform live? Day and Age, definitely. Day and Age. Day and age. Yeah, let's definitely. pick the 12-minute song. And of course, the problem we've got now is we'll have, we'll have to put an end on it. So how, they, how are we going to end it? I don't know. Maybe we'll work. <laughs> you <laughs> can do a medley fun. thing and go into another song. Could, yeah. You know. I think we do, when, we actually, when we were writing it, I think we were discussing, uh, um, Jem said to me, oh, this would make it. We've never had a song. We'd make a really sort of um sort of uh, uh, a statement intro song as it were you know that you can imagine walking on stage to that kind of um that little voiceover and then you mm -hmm. come on and <laughs> what yep. a perfect way to start a gig you know <laughs> insult the audience and then uh, jump on stage and <laughs> i'm seeing a concert video it's very cinematic yeah you're absolutely right that's that's uh, somebody I think mentioned that, that they thought that song was quite cinematic and it in, is in sound it is and it's, I like the fact and and the other thing I think we thought about with, with this album was that you know um, uh, we no solos hmm. which is kind of a you know um, uh, it's uh, we just think the music should you know speak for itself really and often the cases with solos you kind of find that you're you're kind of um, it's kind of like it's a, it's a go-to thing to do. Okay, what now? Okay, solo. We'll we'll, you know. we'll stick that here, right? Yeah, just you know, as a sort of uh, it's a holding pattern, isn't it? Really, but the, the, you know, if you rely very much upon the the atmosphere of, of the music rather than you know intense noodling, then I think I, I think it's a strong decision to make. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad we've made it. The thing is, we can't play any faster. We've we've got we've got. <laughs> another... I think we're 64th notes. I think it's about as fast as I, and I can't do 128 notes. So oh that's... come on. <laughs> oh, there's always programming for that, you know. <laughs> Served me well over the years. <laughs> probably still be able to play it. <laughs> so I, I read that on this particular album, you've used three different drummers and you kind of tailored the songs for each drummer's strength. So you want to talk a little bit about that and who you had on the album? Sure. Yeah, well, I, um, I, it was. It was suggested that we. Um, one of the. I was going, going, I'm going to talk about Pat Mastelotto. I'm, I'm going to go in. I'm going to go in hard with Pat. Um, he was. He's. I mean, a lot of the. You know, discussions we had about when we were making this album were albums that we liked. Um, you know, that, that were really sort of relied upon. You know, just intelligent, intelligently musical albums like. You know, um, like. Um, God, my brain is a fud today. <laughs> um, uh, uh, tears for fears, like you know. Um, <laughs> that, that being a you know a, a, and we we watched a lot of videos when we were in Cornwall like in the evening of, of like live concerts and stuff and go wow what a great song and what a you know and 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 obviously growing up as we both did in the 80s um you know Mr Mr was like one of those seminal albums the Welcome yeah. to the Real World record and um you know kind of the the, the um the groove in uh the sort of drumming dunk 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 that kind of thing you know and we automatically thought you know that would be really good in skywards we thought you know let's um oh yeah 
let's uh, let's get let's get Pat Mastalotto as just one does. Yeah, let's ring up Eric Clapton. He'll he'll want to do it. But then you know, I, I remembered that when we did the the, the the cruise to the edge a few years ago, I remember that I got very sunburned, and I remember standing in the elevator like with my legs throbbing because they were just burnt to a crisp. And then Pat Mastalotto walked into the elevator and he said, "Hey, I just saw you guys. You're incredible." And I was like in such pain. I was like, "Yeah, that's great. Lovely, Pat. See you later." And, I, and I'm walking down the corridor, and I was thinking, "How's Pat Mastalotto just g giving us a shout out?" Well, and I've just walked away from Pat. I could have, I could have at least bought him a drink and, and asked him questions and stuff. And anyway, we thought it'd be good to sort of ring up Pat and find out whether he wanted to do it. And uh, you know, um, <laughs> pandemic o'clock, and he said yes. And that was kind of, uh, <laughs> it was, um, you know, and then uh, he's yeah, it was he very obviously very different drummer to the other two. He's got a more sort of uh, laid back kind of a style. But uh, yeah, that was I'm, I'm really pleased we got him on the record because uh, you know he's he's a seminal part of our childhoods. Absolutely. Uh, Darby, Darby Todd is drummer number two. And I actually, the reason how he ended up, he's on the album by, by because I had a pint. <laughs> Good as reason as any. Exactly. What it was, was <laughs> I live in a, a sort of spa town in the south of England called Tunbridge Wells at the moment. And there's a big sort of marketplace area in the centre of it called Pantiles. And there's a band bandstand in the middle of that where people go and they, on, on, on summer evenings, they have, um, they have jazz nights. I think it's Wednesdays. They have different jazz bands down. Anyway, I went. I went. I went um, for a pint with a mate of mine, and uh, it just so happened that, that there was a jazz band playing, and Darby was the drummer. And you know, he's, he, I wasn't paying attention. I was having a drink, having a chat, and then I was just suddenly aware there was quite a lot going on on stage. And I was going, "Hang on a minute!" And I remember just looking and thinking, "He's not bad." And then he did some other. Then he did a drum solo, which was just extraordinary. He was starting to do all this metric stuff, and I was like, "And suddenly the phone's out. Record." I'm just, <laughs> I've got to show this to John. I have got. I to show you sent me that clip. I was like, "Yeah, he's." Uh... And, then, and then halfway through the halfway through the gig, the band leader said, um, we, "We're losing Derby next week because he's off to do a prog tour." And of course, I went, "Right, that's it. He's a, he's in." He's in. So <laughs> Plus, I, I, he played for the darkness as well. Can you believe that? I went to his website. He's foolishly. It's like when how I met John. Foolishly, and he had his email address on it. I think. So um, this is a long time. John, can I just say John's email address is not on his website anymore. Um, <laughs> it was 15 years ago. So, um, so yeah, I emailed Darby. But hello, you don't know me. Um, I just saw you last night at this gig and you were amazing. Do you want to play on this album I'm making? But I know who you are. Yeah, it'd be great. So that was, that was how we kind of got in touch with Darby. And then Kaz, Kaz is a sort of... I've always been a big fan of his. He's he's uh, he's a sort of drummer's drummer. He does lots of these bits of he creates music for other drummers. There's lots of drummers when they do clinics, they'll always kind of they'll suddenly play some very melodic piece of music that they'll drum to. And nine times out of ten, it's something that Kaz has written. He writes all these he writes volumes and volumes of music for drummers. And some high profile people, you know, use his stuff. And I remember thinking, who is that bloke? So I, I went online. There's there's a there's a Zildjian clinic that he did which is just extraordinary. You know, he's very, very, he's very much a YouTube drummer. He plays with Josh Grover and Shaka Khan as well now, but, um, but he's just a, a, just a, 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 a really interesting uh, sort of left field drummer. His style is really, really interesting and exciting. I remember thinking, and it was that thing because, because Craig had gone, we weren't tied to a specific style of drummer. So we kind of went, we can have what we want. You know, and I remember thinking, I really like him. I'd like to work with him. And then Darby was just a shoe in. And then we had Pat. And by that point we thought, well, run out of money so three will do 
<laughs> this is the our genesis then there were three period you see right <laughs> but but you found songs that fit like what each drummer brought to the table uh yeah i mean i, I mean, think kaz and kaz and darby are, kaz is well it's, it's difficult it's, they've both got well all three of them have got a groove on them um but they just approach it in a slightly different way um kaz has got kaz is sort of super groove but he's also got lots of chops he's very very I like how he's really concise with his fills and stuff, and he kind of he just get a little bit, and, and then he's back to the groove again. Darby, Darby is kind of a bit like Animal from the Muppets. <laughs> in many That's ways, a thing, though. <laughs> in many ways, but we love that, and we need a bit of that in the band. And then obviously Pat is Pat, so it was kind of a really nice sort of for the man. Pat, Pat described himself: "I'm just a tired rock and roll drummer." <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not Pat. You're Pat Mastalotto. Exactly. Now as you know, things aren't back to normal yet, but have we given any thought to the one guy who's going to have to play all three of these parts? We were just talking about that. Not even <laughs> uh, yes, and no. <laughs> <laughs> None of them. None of them. No, uh, it's... Completely different person. Uh, no, we haven't. We, I mean, the thing is, we think it's because of this whole madness. I mean, I've not even right. met Cat face to face. And obviously, Pat lives in America, so I don't think he's he's not going to want to come up from Dallas where I think he lives and and, and play with us at the Rat and Scrote in... Um, so i don't know yet we'll keep you posted on that one please do please do so for both of you how has uh the pandemic changed your lives not just working but you know let's talk a little bit about you know what you guys have been doing when you're not working because obviously you couldn't tour anything the last year johnny yeah it's got a strange thing and it's just going to sound woeful but i don't mean it to sound woeful this is the first time in my life i've ever been on my complete really you know on my own you know in 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 my house with well actually that's a lie i've got three cats but (laughs) it doesn't make a very interesting conversation but actually it's kind of you know getting used to the idea that you know spending time by oneself and i'm sort of hermit like and it's not a bad it's not been a bad experience from that point of view because you know i'm just uh, you know obviously filling your life with like, hello, go down the pub tonight and go and hang out with these people, go to the cinema and doing that. And actually just having a bit of quiet time and maybe sitting in the garden. And I, I fixed my, I, I re I cobbled my, uh, the, the, the drive to the, the little cobbled stone thing to the studio. I read all the tree roots were, were starting to push it up. So I got the ax out and I did quite a lot of gardening last year. Nice. Quite therapeutic. Yeah. Jim, how about you? Uh, professionally, nothing's really changed because I mean, I've worked from home for, for two decades. So right. And I'm not a gigging musician, really, so it kind of it didn't really affect me that much. Um, what has been, it means I've not had to spend so long at the departure lounge of Schiphol Airport in Amsterdam, in Holland. <laughs> I, I've been there so many, so many hours, years of my life sat in that departure lounge. Um, and similarly, I didn't have to go to any Christmas parties, so it's a bit of a win, really. <laughs> I, I kind of, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm making like the situation. It, 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 there's obviously been a financial impact for everybody. Um, but I think at the same time, it's it's kind of it, it, as John was saying, you know, quiet time. It has been it has been in time for a, an incredible amount of reflection. I think I've kind of I've put a lot of ghosts to bed, and a lot I've written a lot, I've written quite a few things in my head over the last year. So in in many ways, it's been quite uh, an interesting reset. You know, I mean, as I say, I'm I know many many people have suffered appallingly. Um, but just speaking personally, you know, it's been it's been quite zen. It's been quite it's been quite peaceful, and I think quite good actually for me mentally. Right. 
I have to say the same thing for me. I mean, I've lost some friends and, and there were some things that I that obviously impacted everybody negatively, but I think modern life has us so busy these days. It was nice to get that forced. Take a minute. You, know? <laughs> you can sit down and you can have some quiet time. You don't have to run somewhere. You don't have to go somewhere. You don't have to, you know, and, and I think we all got caught up in that so much in the early 21st century that we kind of needed somebody to put on the brakes for us, I guess. Cause now we kind of, I don't know about you, but I appreciate things a little bit more now. And when I do go out, it's a bigger deal. And instead of just going down to the local place again, you know, okay. Okay. day to day, case in point, and I normally I would have gone, whatever. <laughs> it's funny. I, I got in the car and I had a little tour around and just sort of, um, and just enjoyed the sort of beauty of the day. You know, I haven't done that in years. It's been lovely to do that really. So right. I'm basically heading for retirement early, I think. Hmm. I, I gotta say, you know, it's like like Jem says, it's you know, it's quite a, a you know, we live in a we're very fortunate to live in what I consider a very beautiful country, and there's a lot of, you know, just like just like going for something like going for a drive and just going through, you know, driving through some woods or something with the you know with the top down. It's you know, it's a, but yeah, certainly this throughout this has just been a well, I didn't know what Zoom was until this thing happened. So right. <laughs> I've got two. Oh, by the way, I've got two hot tips for you guys. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you uh, if you're thrifty like me. Um, if you cancel or threaten to cancel your zoom account they offer it to you half price for three months just so you know i didn't know that okay other, nice. thrifty, other, other thrifty tip if you get a vpn if you get a vpn virtual personal whatever network thing you get you can access us netflix and there's about 60 percent more content <laughs> that i've heard <laughs> right to start the interview give the listeners the readers viewers um something useful <laughs> you learn something here. <laughs> Come to Frost for more tips tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, I know you have other people to talk to and other interviews to do. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Personally, I'm a big fan. I'm thrilled to have new music from both of you gentlemen. Um, I can't wait to, I've only listened to it once, so I can't wait to get more into it. It'll be in stores and downloadable, streamable on May the 14th. Guys, thank you so much for the music. Thank you, thank Scott. Thank you very much, Scott.